everyone and welcome to Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manicheri and today's episode is with the wonderful Dr. Teki Sodani who you might know better as Teeth by Teki. He's done incredibly well and he has a very very interesting story and background of which I didn't know anything about and it's such a wholesome episode and I can't wait for you to listen to it. So without further ado let's get into it. Hi Teki, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. I think since the podcast started, you've been on, on the top of my wish list for guests to have on the podcast. I'm really, really excited for today. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I am uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here and support you in this project. I'm always here to do anything that I can to help. My, my problem in life is that Everything that I say that I'm going to do, I do do it. But when it happens is another story. But I'm glad that here we are <laughs> and uh, we're starting the week, right? Uh, my name's Teki. I am a general dentist. I am from Essex, but I work in North London at the minute. Uh, for the last two and a half years, I am a practice owner of a practice called Teeth by Teki. I have been, I've been a dentist for 14 years. I qualified from the University of Sheffield. And I've had a journey and a half. Um, but what but what I feel now is that actually if I didn't go through all of that, I wouldn't be here. So I think every single part of that journey helps us to get to where we are today. And I'm I'm grateful for every single um part of it. One thing about me is that I do genuinely love my job. I love the profession, uh, what we do. I am one of those people when people ask you on a night out. Um, do you, you know, I'll be hate talking about teeth, but I don't actually. I love it. <laughs> love, every, love every, love every part of it, and uh, my job's a big part of my life. Has it always been that way? Have you always loved dentistry? I mean, we all have. I, I agree with you. I genuinely do like the job as well. But there are, I think, times where it's really stressful and it's really too much to deal with. Where the passion that you have for it gets overshadowed by all the stress and anxiety of it so I know you've been through a lot through your career as well and we're going to cover that um in this in this episode but has it always been that way where you've just loved the profession no absolutely not I've gone through some some low points for me dental school was I didn't really enjoy it it was just a sort of a necessity for me I was away from my friends and family so I, I was homesick especially for the for the beginning part of it but I stuck it out. The first year or two, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Uh, it wasn't as glamorous as I thought it would be. And I didn't really enjoy being a dentist, I would say, up until maybe four or five years ago. So I probably oh, spent, yeah. yeah, so I probably spent nine years just doing it as a job. And I always had that hope and I had that belief that, that, I could make it into something what I wanted to, but no, it was a, it was a struggle for the first few years. And how did you how did you change that? What happened for you to suddenly five years ago change from such a because it is, it is a stressful profession, and I think when we come out of dental school, we're not prepared for the reality of it, especially when you have the struggles of the NHS um, and all of that to to keep up with. It's very, very different to what you're taught at dental school. What happened for you five years ago that suddenly it switched? 
for me, I think, and this is now how I see it, we are, we are, there's two parts of us. There is Techie the dentist, but then there's Techie the person, the human. Mm-hmm. And I think actually for the first uh, years of my career, Techie the person, the human didn't exist. It was almost like that's labelled on you. Mm-hmm. And it's such a big label being a dentist um, amongst your friends and your family that the label is almost it, it covers you and it covers your personality for me for, for just as a person I was a I was a big people pleaser mm-hmm. and I really just spent my life just doing what everybody else wanted and that translated into my profession unfortunately so you know I was working in places that you know it wasn't really me and I was doing things that weren't really particularly um what I wanted to do but you just you do it because you feel that that's the only way Mm. probably the worst thing and the best thing that ever happened to me is I became unwell about five years ago and I was diagnosed with cancer and the it was a shock Uh, obviously I was around 30 31 years old and I think if you go through something like that and it doesn't change the way that you think it completely turns your life upside down and you what you start to do is you start to re-evaluate um, every single part of your life including the people that are in your life um, what I learned from that is that actually the way that we are living now the status quo um, to always question it to always think why you know, why am I doing this? Why am I living here? Why am I working here? Mm. And I think if you just ask yourself why all the time, I think that's a real big thing. Whereas before, um, I just didn't ask myself why. Um, After I became um, unwell, it was a really strange point where it was at the same time that actually things for me as a dentist started to turn around and all the pieces started to fit together. And I was in a bit of a, I was at a crossroads. I either take this opportunity and it was going to be the making of me or it was going to finish me off. So um, I had this inner strength inside of me. I just managed to find something that pushed me through um, into, into, into where I am now. After I came out of that and became um, physically, I became unwell and I became um I think I was just running on adrenaline for months and months obviously during my treatment and then I hit depression so you yeah when something like that happens to you there was there was obviously a run-up lots of other things and then I just now it was at a point where I was under a lot of pressure at work and actually everything that I'd put into being a dentist for 10 years, eight, nine years at that point, sorry. Um, nothing paid me back. Nothing helped me. Um, it was almost, that was it for me. Um, so I thought that this just isn't right. So for, 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 the, for the next six months of my life, I struggled and, you know, I, had to, I, was, on, I was on medication. I had lots of other treatment to help me out of the, the, the darker place that I was in. And then I began to see things in a different light. It was almost like somebody had put a different pair of glasses on me 
and I started to live my life without a fear. And that, that, that I know I say to people like the handbrake, the handbrake was off. So then everything before I was so cautious, but what if it upsets this person? But what if it's the wrong thing to do? But what if I get into trouble? But what isn't how it should be done? Then I just started to think, well, actually, what's the worst that could happen? Because the worst did happen. Mm. You see, dentistry is actually a small part of me. Now, me, techie as a person, being a dentist, even though it's a massive part of my life, actually, it's probably only 10% of who I am. Whereas before, that label of being a dentist was 100% of who I was. And it was actually covering who I was as a person. I had no idea. I'm so sorry to hear about what you went through. But this this is why th- things like this are so important to talk to people like you and realize what you've been through. Because if you, for example, look at your Instagram, all you see is this beautiful work and very mm. professional. You don't see the struggle that's gone on behind that. I'm so sorry. And I'm so happy for you that that happened because it could have had a very, very negative impact. You can, when you go through things like that, it can either make you or break you. And I'm so glad that it made you even more. Yeah, I think I think for me it's not. I mean, early 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 on when all of that happened, it wasn't really something that I like to like to talk about. It was just my way of dealing with things. But now, as I've come through it, I see it as almost like a bit of a, a duty, if anything, really to help people along because I don't see. Okay, maybe the, you know the, the extreme sort of illnesses that I had to to endure mm. um, were unique. However, I think the struggles that I had, I genuinely believe, uh, affect most, if not all, young dentists. Absolutely. And now when I'm there, we was at the, at, the, at the dentistry show recently, and I can't believe the amount of young dentists that were there. And I was just looking into their eyes, and I just wanted to just say to all of them, look, just, I've got you. You know, yeah. you just really want to help because you yeah. can just see what they're going, what they're going to go through and uh, now I that that is that is what I'm here for what I'm here for now is just to support people that uh, that are going through the same thing I'm I'm not an expert I'm very as a person I love sticking to what I know mm-hmm. and being an expert in that and in the way that I work for example in the way that I do dentistry I just do a few treatments but I like to try and do them as best as I can mm-hmm. And I don't, I would never talk about something unless I thought I was really qualified to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And going the journey from graduating from dental school to being successful in the dental industry, I, I, I do feel like I'm an expert because I have been through everything. There isn't a single experience in dentistry that I haven't been through. And you're right, people don't know that. But at the same time, I've always, it's always been a love-hate relationship with social media, with Instagram. Yeah. I'm a very private person. Yeah. I don't have a private Instagram, for example. It's all just there. And I, there's always, always this pressure to put more of you on there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that naturally will come to me. And I am more, you know, if we did this podcast maybe two years ago, it would have been a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But that's what I like about this, I think. The opportunities will always be there mm-hmm. if the opportunities don't become better. And I think now the conversations that we're going to have, it wasn't meant to be that we were meant to do this a couple of years ago. Because yeah. actually now I feel like I've got so much more to uh, to be able to um, 
to advise people on. And it's so important because I think in our profession, we're so focused on achievements and competition and being better. And, you know, my composite bonding needs to be better. My Invisalign needs to be better. No one really talks about the struggle behind the scenes because people almost see it as a weakness. When in reality, you know, most of us struggle with mental health issues to various degrees. I agree with you. I think pretty much 100% of people, dentists in the profession, um, struggle with mental health issues. Some might be worse than others, um, and it will affect you at different points in your career. So talking about it, I think, is very, very important from people like you yourself who've been through the worst of it, and they've made it through, and you're so, so successful and so inspirational now. So to sit here and say that you've been through that is is so important. And and honestly, thank you, because it, I know it's not easy because um, I went through something super minor and just related to the profession and it, it almost broke me and it, I hated my life and it affected every part of my life. And it was a very personal thing to talk about, to share with other people, because you're always scared of judgment from others because, you know, what, what if you dealt with it wrong or what if it's not bad enough to share? But to share is so important. And I think so many people will will take value out of that. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. I think it's, it's a shame. But the way that the profession is, you know, when I'm looking at these um, younger dentists that I'm coming out, it's not a case of if they're going to go through something, mm. uh, a bad experience. It's 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 they they are going to unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. whether it's something minor, whether it's something more major, whether it's related to something in their personal life or 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 in the or in the profession. So now the way that I see it is actually um, to be prepared for it yeah. uh, when you know when you're when you're when you're going into a marathon, for example. You know, you can't go into a marathon without training properly mm-hmm. and you take mm-hmm. it seriously. There are always that, you know, that that minor um, percentage that can just go to a marathon and not train and not study for an exam and pass it with flying colours. But for the 99% of us, we need to prepare mm-hmm. for everything that we do. And really what, what I'm now uh, doing is I feel I'm in a position now is just to help people that are less experienced I mean most of the time they're younger I mean I'm, I'm 37 now so a lot you're of the younger young. you're still very uh, young. we're still very young <laughs> we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that but the but the younger ones I mean some of the guys that were coming up to the to me they were 23 24 years old I felt <laughs> old but they uh, it's really about preparing them you know I'm, I never say to them you're not going to have a problem at work no no you you are and you just need to be prepared for it just like your training for this marathon and if you do then it's going to be the best profession to be part of and actually everything that's that's amazing about my life now I owe to dentistry you know some of the people the best people that I've met um, the kindest people the the people that make me happy that support me day to day I wouldn't have met if it wasn't for my job mm-hmm. whether they came through as patients whether they would come through as staff whether they came through as it's, it's incredible. Um, so I think it's such a beautiful profession, mm-hmm. but we just have to make sure that we um, uh, we prepare ourselves for what we're getting ourselves involved with. Yeah, and I think so many people focus on preparing clinically, mm. but not the other side of things. Like Absolutely. honestly, mental health and dealing with problems, exactly like you're saying, because it's so unrealistic to expect that your career is going to fly by in 100% success, 100% positivity. That's so un- untrue. 
Um, so you just have to be prepared for when the problems do arise, whether it's from your, you know, work, from your team, from your personal life, wherever that problem is coming from. It's just about having the tools to be able to deal with it. And I don't think we have enough emphasis on that side of things. You know, yeah, like absolutely. honestly, like even at the dentistry show, I think there should be a stand on mental health, meditation, yoga, that kind of thing to be able to deal with all the stress of it. Yeah, I think for me and and now this next phase of my career, which is really about, um, you know, if we talk in five year plans, this next five year plan for me, if I was going to sum it up in two words, it would be giving back. So everything that I've achieved, um, whether that's knowledge, whether that's any 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 part of what I have achieved in my life, um, it's about giving it back. Mm. And I think the experiences that I've had now, I feel that I'm ready to talk to people about it and help people through it and that's something that I feel really strongly about and, and what you said it, it's not something that it, it's it's actually inevitable mm-hmm. all it needs actually and it's and it's pretty close uh, all it needs is just a few like-minded individuals that are going to drive it drive it forward because the demand is there the awareness is there so there's no reason for it not to be like that mm-hmm. um like with any sort of walk in life, what tends to happen is um, business gets in the way, money gets in the way, life gets in the way. But the uh, these key messages and, and what people's needs are uh, will, will be met, I do believe, by this generation of, of um, I think with people like, for me and you, we had to go through, we had to go on our own journey first yeah. of all. Yeah. You know, we, we've had to, we've had to, the way that I tell my staff anyway, or, or the younger dentist that I'm helping is I've had to climb that mountain myself to then be able to come down and then help you up that mountain. Mm-hmm. And, and if I hadn't climbed it myself, I wouldn't be able to because it would be the unknown. But now I can tell you, I, I genuinely feel that I'm in that position now to go, listen, it's taken 14 years. But uh, now is the time to be able to help people along. When we were, uh, um, you know, younger in our careers, there, there, there just wasn't that support. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was only available in certain places. That it just didn't exist. So and now I think it was taboo uh, to talk about it. You know, yeah, yeah. mental health in the last. I want to say, well, I started in two thousand and ten, um, mm. and it was so taboo to talk about it. Um, because no one understood it and you almost felt judgment because you you were in this position where you were the golden child with all a stars and all perfect everything you know extracurricular activities you were the superstar and you couldn't admit that you were going through something because you almost dreaded to think what people thought of you if they would you know think you're unfit for the profession and that was the judgment we felt and no one was talking about it whereas I'm so glad that now there's more people speaking up about it, speaking up about their own struggles that they went through. So that, you know, if you are at dental school, for example, if I tell you that first year I struggled a lot, um, mm. then you're like, okay, this is normal. Then I, I can make it, you know? And if people who you look up to will say that to you, then it just makes a really, really big difference and makes a big impact to you, I think. And also as well, I think what 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 we have now is that where there's more understanding around this type of um uh, this this type of um health part of us uh you know before it was you know mental health was people only really associated it with extreme illness mm-hmm. 
but but now I think I feel like it's it, you know we've got that broad spectrum to work with yeah. it can be having a bad day it can be from having a patient that complains about you it can be from going through a really difficult um, situation as an associate with your boss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it can be the struggles of owning or making your phone your first practice mm-hmm. it can be because of so many different things now and now uh, there's that whole range of, of of topics and you can divide it so that you can actually help people whereas before it was like you were either okay mm. or you were depressed mm-hmm. and now and I think that's not just in our profession I think now just in in life there's a lot more awareness of it and I think with us with 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 dentistry for me I always feel that we're a little bit behind certain things um but now I think with the type of dentists that are coming through and I think it started with our generation I think there's a a big change in the profession coming mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it's for the best yeah I agree I think it's a positive change and so many people would be able to benefit from it um moving on to more exciting light-hearted things from yeah. our deep conversation talk me through the point where you decided to to set up on your own and go your own path because I think Teeth by Techie is so successful and I honestly watch all the videos and everything you post and the decor of your practice to everything with like the Polaroids it's so unique and it's so um so different um, and it's really really refreshing to see um so talk me through when you had the idea how how did you go about it and and all of that so for me it, what, what was what's slightly different about uh the way that things work now for a dentist is you can almost set up and I think you'll appreciate this you almost set up the practice before you've actually got the practice so um, I actually had a, a dentist I had a I had a patient base I mean before they, it was called goodwill you know mm-hmm. now it's following but regardless of that you've got patients to work on it was uh, it's it's tricky because when you try and convince a bank to lend you some money mm-hmm. uh, and you say to them, well, I haven't actually got any patients per se, but I've got lots of Instagram followers and <laughs> I've, got, I've got a waiting list. It doesn't really go down too well. <laughs> so, but that's essentially what happened. Yeah, essentially the practice almost started in 2017, which is after I came out of my um, which is after I came out of my illness. Mm-hmm. But at the time in 2017, I just didn't have the money to have a premises. Um, and at the time, I had no interest in owning my own practice because what I felt is I felt at the time that I would find that perfect place for me mm-hmm. to work in as an associate. And actually, I feel like I have probably worked in, I would say, one of the nicest practices to work in as an associate. So again, I've worked in probably the most, I can tell you the most horrendous stories, but also as well, I can say that I made it and I probably had one of the best associate jobs out there, but it's still not enough because the problem is with being an associate for me anyway, is as I began to mature and as I, as we started to, as I started to get busier, I became overwhelmed. Now I can actually sum it up for you two years ago I wouldn't have been able to tell you now it's simple there's two things in life that are going to make this work it's balance and it's your environment and without those two things uh, it's not going to work so balance is the first thing and work as an associate you cannot control this balance if you see it as a seesaw 
you know, you're constantly trying to balance. And then there's just factors on the other side that are just going to push you straight up into the air. And that is, for example, if your nurse is not well, then the boss would take your nurse and give you somebody else. If, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if the, if the chair wasn't working, you'd be chucked in the hygienist room. I don't know, you know, just the usual day-to-day things. Your heart is hard enough trying to make it in life. And then every day you can't get that. Secondly, you ask for a two-hour appointment. By the time you get there in two months' time, it's turned into an hour and a half because <laughs> there's two new patients put into it. You cannot control it. And I was, I was, if there's a hamster in a wheel, that was me. And I was earning, I, you know, on the courses when I, when we, when we, when we train dentists, I'm quite open. You know, I tell people, well, I used to gross as an associate, they're, uh, they're jaw drops. But I tell you what, I don't look back at it and I'm not proud of it because I was an absolute hamster. I was the biggest hamster in the biggest wheel. And uh, you can't get out of that, unfortunately. Um, so that was one thing for me, is you can't get that work-life balance. Secondly, in order to be able to um, genuinely be happy, and I realise this in my personal life, you need to be in the right environment. Mm-hmm. If you're in a, a lot of people talk about toxic environments mm-hmm. or being surrounded by toxic people or toxic relationships. That's really what they're talking about is the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. and. Um, if you have a look at, for example, if you're a, I don't know, a Buddhist monk, for example, you don't, you know, they, they, they do their practices in a particular part of the world in a certain setting. Why? Because that's going to help them achieve what the feeling that they want to achieve. So I think the environment for you is important. So if you're trying to practice balance and you're trying to practice good mental health and you are trying to uh, grow yourself in that way, working in these busy practices which is contradicting what you believe in mm-hmm. it's just not going to work mm-hmm. so for me that was me as an associate at the pinnacle so i realized that i had to just do this myself and covid was for me the 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 trigger for me one thing that my my friends and um, the staff know about me I always say, whatever dentists are doing or whatever the dentists tell you to do, I just do the opposite. And it usually works. <laughs> so, at the, so at the time, all the dentists were telling me, you cannot buy a practice during COVID. Are you mad? The guy that actually, uh, it, it, it was, yeah, I was, there wasn't a single person that told me it was a good idea. <laughs> but again, there's me in my attitude, you know, I've got, you know a a bank account full of money and i've got no time to see my friends you know the 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 richest person financially but the most poor person when it comes to time Mm -hmm. it was it was it wasn't worth it trust me Mm -hmm. so i thought this is this is um this is not for me so i went for it with my same old attitude of what's the worst that's going to happen because actually for me a lot worse had happened so the worst that was going to happen i would open this practice it wouldn't take off and people would laugh and they would say, what an idiot. He called his practice <laughs> Steve, White, Steve Whitecki and um, stick to Instagram. <laughs> but, but, I, but I knew, but I knew that it would work. Why? Because I had faith in my patients and I knew that it wasn't the profession that were going to make this practice successful. It was another dentist that are going to make it successful. 
the amount of dentists that says congratulations to me when I open the practice, the amount of dentists that offered to help me open this practice, there wasn't any. Who, who was it that came and helped me? It was my friends and it was my patients that supported me. They are the ones. So actually, the patient said to me, oh, my God, Tech, you should open up a practice called Teeth by Techie. It would be unreal. But the dentist were telling me, bad idea, COVID coming up. So who am I going to listen to? Now, Techie, Techie, Techie version one in 2015 would have said, oh, yeah, well, I better, I better listen to my boss who's got, you know, 10 Experience. years, 15, 20 years qualifications. Mm-hmm. And his dad was a dentist and his granddad was a dentist, so he knows everything. But actually, Techie in 2019 just said, nah, let's just, let's just, let's just go for it. I'm so proud I'll of 2019 Techie. I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. <laughs> so, so, 2020, so 2022, we opened. So it was in the middle of COVID. It was right in the middle of COVID. Um, what can I say? It was, it was the, the best thing that I ever done because everybody said to me, think about all of that money now. You're not going to have to give half of it to your boss. Um, no percentages anymore and actually what people didn't realize is that I wasn't doing it for the money I was Mm. doing it for something which is more valuable and that's time so the first thing that I did when I opened my own practice was I dropped down to four days a week instead of five there you go and then you're the boss so you get to decide you didn't have to run away anyone I mean, sometimes I think I'm the boss, but sometimes when sometimes when you have your practice, I'm sure you'll know one day you're not really the boss. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, that that was that was what it was like for me. So, you know, I was proud because that was that was for me. I knew that I could make things work when I took my final associate job, which was the job that really helped me grow as a dentist. There was no space in the practice for me, but my boss you know, wanted me to work there. But the, so the only thing that I could do was work. He said to me, you can, you can uh, work every other Sunday. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? So I've got, a, so, so I, work, I live and work in Essex and then I see this practice and I get offered a job. It's in Lewisham, a place in the world which I've never really been to. <laughs> and it's, it's every other Sunday. Those are the type of risks I think that you do have to take and you have to trust your gut. Within a year from every other Sunday, I was working Monday to Friday because wow. I literally just gave him no choice because I was doing so well there. Um, so then I was Monday to Friday and then now we move back into the four-day week. So how do you go from idea to execution? So you have this idea, it's in the middle of covid and then how do you go about looking for a site, finding places, finding people to do the jobs, all the regulations, everything? Because it sounds like setting up a squat sounds like such a minefield and there's so many things to consider. Um, how did you go about it? Did you have a system? Did you have a protocol or did you kind of learn as you went along? Yeah, I, I had to, to learn as I, as I went along because it was a difficult time. There wasn't really the resources available during COVID, but at the same time, what what I'm a firm believer in is actually there's a lot of people that you already know that actually will be able to help you. So it was really looking at, at within uh, rather than actually just um, you know going into something blind. So for me, I 
think that there's incredible resources now that you can find from companies that help with this. Mm-hmm. And the main the main difficulty really when it comes to setting up squat is actually uh, compliance. Mm-hmm. It's just to make sure that the practice is. But but now there's companies that will help you with that. So they're there, they're experts, and the money that you will spend on on um, asking for their advice and help is actually so cheap compared to the mm-hmm. to the um, the stress that it will save you. Then what I recommend is you need a right-hand man or a right-hand woman. And that person doesn't necessarily need to be in dentistry. Uh, that person is just somebody that is just going to be there for you to support you mentally. And it helps, obviously, if they are. For me, it was a girl called Alice. So Alice, I met through, she was an Invisalign territory manager. Mm-hmm. And she left and she went to go travelling with her other friend and uh, quit her job at Invisalign and went traveling. Halfway through her traveling, she COVID hit and they had to come home. I think they were in Argentina and they had to come home and she had no job. So I said to her, look, you've got no job. Why don't you come and help me do this practice? So me and Alice, we painted, we set up the card machine. You know, a lot of these jobs are not specific to dental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apart from the CQC, there's nothing that anybody couldn't do. So if you've got a good partner, if you've got a good friend, if you've got a family member, you just need somebody there that is just prepared to talk you through it and do it with you. Uh, I think doing it on your own is is would be tough purely because what you're going to be doing is you're going to be working as an associate at the same time. So mm-hmm. there's not many people that can have a break. So I remember when I was doing it, if there was a delivery, Alice would be there at the practice and I would be at my associate job paying for it. (laughs) So it's it's teamwork, but you only need one other person. Mm -hmm. And that one other person can be absolutely anybody. Uh, So that's that's what I would say. In terms of the actual premises, uh, now it's a lot easier because at the time I wanted to set up a squat, uh, you... You had to have a certain license for certain premises to be able to open up. It's a lot easier now. So actually, they've, they've eased the restrictions. So, you know, premises are a lot easier to find now. Uh, interior design is is uh, the easiest thing and the most difficult thing. But all you need to do is you just need to make it a reflection of you. Whatever you are, you need to make that into a into your interior design. My experience with that is you'll get companies that will come in and they'll say to you, and I could, I could actually show you some sketches and some CAD drawings, and you would think, wow, but it belongs in it's it belongs in Miami, LA. It's not me. Yeah. Whereas one thing that actually is very nice about the practice, when people come in, it's very me. My favourite colour is blue, so it's blue everywhere. My second favourite colour is grey. It's grey everywhere, but, but it's me, uh, and that's and that's just what it needs to what it needs to be. Uh, for me, the costs can get, can get carried. You can get carried away with the costs. So, I'm always the type of person that would spend more on something that's going to help me with my work rather than the tiles because mm-hmm. I couldn't do both. I couldn't have the most expensive tiles in the bathroom. And the most expensive hand pieces. That's so for true. me, it was the, for me it was the hand piece. But 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 luckily now you know you'd struggle to buy ugly tiles. You know, so actually you can make something look 
really beautiful, really easy. But the most important thing is to make it a reflection of you. Yeah. And I think it is a reflection of you. It's so minimalistic. It's so understated, yeah. but so impactful and powerful. So I think. And, I, and I do. And I do love that when people say, oh, it's very like minimalistic. I was like, yeah, that's because I run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't tell. You just think it's minimalistic and it's very feng shui. And that's what you see. <laughs> but I've got a great autoclave and, 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 and LED lights on my hand. So I'm happy. <laughs> So, I guess the thing that helped you most with this was your social media following in a way because you had that comfort of I'm going to have day one when I open I'm going to have patients walk through the door talk me through where it all started because I think I've listened to you before talk about this and it's I think my favorite story so talk me through how your social media um, started because as you were saying you're a very private person you don't have a personal Instagram and I think when when we look at your Instagram page you have to go far to try and find you initially um I think now you're a little bit more open than you were before but it's just teeth it's just beautiful teeth but you have to like really work for it to find you Uh, so how did it all start yeah for me it starts with another sort of real important lesson for me is to trust people and ask the experts people that know so a lot of a lot of what I find in the dental industry is obviously there's a lot of egos and the dentist thinks they're the best dentist they're the best social media manager they're the best marketer they're the best businessman the best everything and actually the truth is you're not you know you are you are uh, you're good at you're good at what you do but leave the other things to other people so I was treating one of my friends um, is a girl called Kate uh, Wright who's Kate Ferdinand now she's married to Rio Ferdinand she's local she's from the area and part of my circle of uh, friends and I was doing her teeth uh, and at the time she just had a Instagram was probably a bit like what TikTok is now so it was really growing it had a big uh, it had a big push behind it people were switching more from Facebook to Instagram because it was was a lot more so there was a lot of uh, young guys that were using that platform really well including Kate so what she was doing is she would you know date document what she was doing day to day so she would get lots of people asking her where she's getting her teeth done and she would send them to the practice the practice would then try and book them in with my boss and then she was like yeah I've tried this working because my friends that are booking in they, they keep sending them to your boss but they don't want to see him they want to see you yeah so okay so I was like well, well just ask them to tell them that they want to see me she was like no 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 what you need is you need an Instagram and I said okay well I'm not having an Instagram she was like well <laughs> she was like well her and her and my other friend there was two girls there was Kate and another girl Michaela who said right we're going to set it up for you and this was at the time where I became unwell so I you know I remember a beautiful card that they wrote me when I was going in for one of my operations and yeah it was it was just they just had that site their way of kind of looking after me was actually by doing that and that was their way that they showed me that they cared about me so they did that obviously I came out and I said, right, where's this Instagram that I don't have a password to? <laughs> and I don't know the use. And I don't have, they were like, right, we've called it Teeth by Techie. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said, well, what do you mean? I said, 
what do you want to call it? And I said, I don't know, it's something cool, something Beverly Hills, cosmetic <laughs> surgeon, I don't know, something like that. And I remember Kate, um, Kate's a very kind of like comp- quite fiery and said, Teddy, I know Instagram, you don't. And it was called Teeth by Techie from then on. I had no choice. And then obviously I thought it's okay. Of all the things that I've got what going on in now, who on earth is going to go on an Instagram page and, and look at this cheesy page called Teeth by Techie anyway? I mean, here we are. Here we are five, <laughs> five years later. So the, the, the lesson there really is, is, is to trust those that know. And, yeah. you know, I was the teeth expert. She was a social media expert. So yeah. um, both both Kate and Michaela had a successful business on there and they used Instagram. And that was back in 2016, 17. So, you know, these people that know what they're talking about. Listen, for example, for me now, I feel like I know Instagram, but I don't know TikTok. So if, if somebody says to me, I'll Don't teach worry, you. About I can t- teach you. I can teach um, anything. Oh, I'm, you know. oh, I'm here for it. That's what I mean. There's experts in every. You can't say, oh, just because I know Instagram, that means I know Facebook and TikTok and whatever it is. You know, be, be open to these things. But there is always that you need to do it your way. And you're right. I don't have a lot of me on there. And I, I think I, I will do naturally, but I'm just not going to force it. You know, there's been times where there's a lot of pressure with Instagram. Mm. There's been times, for example, when I open the practice, if you have a look at the times between my posts, it might even be six months. Yeah, I've noticed that. It, it goes like many months without. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just, because it, that's me. That's a reflection yeah. of what's going on in my life. Yeah. You know, if something's happened in my personal life and I'm not in the mood yeah. at looking at all these happy people on social media. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be on there and it's hard because I need it for work. Yeah. But, you know, my 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 life takes that priority now. So and, and the patients and the people that know me will will understand that. And those people that understand that will come to me. If people are looking for something. Different. The beauty of it now is that there is so much choice. Mm. Back in the back in the day, there was probably about three or four dentists on Instagram. Now it's three or four dentists that aren't on Instagram. So actually, now is it's you know I don't feel bad for it. patients have got the choice, and that's the beauty of of using these platforms mm. is they almost get to choose that person before they even go into the practice. And do you manage it all yourself, or do your friends still do most of the work for you? I had I tried uh, I tried a couple of things more sort of early on, um, and then I always come back to it just being me, mm. because for me I think one of the most important things about Instagram is it has to be authentic, yes. and I think the minute that a company does it for you, or I think somebody else does it for you, um, it's it's not it's not you, and I think people will kind of lose That's lose fine, interest yeah. in that. You know, people my friends know me that they don't get a. Re- well, I mean, it sounds really rude. They don't get a reply. I, I, I try to reply, but I'm quite slow on my phone, put it that way. But actually, on Instagram, if you looked at my Instagram, you would probably believe that I'm that type of person because you think he's not really on his phone all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, like I said, I hope the Instagram is a reflection of me. Yeah. One day, if I become more 
confident talking in public, I'm doing more public speaking, then you will see that brand. If you don't see anything on Instagram, then you probably think I'm probably having a bad time or I'm quite busy. Like it is just a reflection of me. And now the beauty of Instagram is that it's so much easier to manage. You know, there wasn't out, out, of, uh, out of office replies. There wasn't links that you could put up there, you know, contact here, message here. You didn't have any of that before. I was in bed at 11 o'clock replying to every message. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you can have systems and I, I teach dentists how to, how to manage Instagram, but to make sure that they're still doing it themselves so they don't lose that authenticity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from all your wisdom and everything you've learned along the way and going through the struggles and doing it the hard way, if you could give three pieces of advice to young dentists, whether they're qualified or they're a student, what would it be? Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing is is to know that what's, there's a great, I love a quote. I love, I love an analogy and I love a quote. So the quote that is something like, the day, the day you plant the seed isn't the day that you eat the fruit, something like that. And I mean, you, you, you get where that comes from. I mean, yeah. a lot of people look at me and they, if, if they were to judge, they would think, oh, he, you know, he's, he's got it through Instagram or he's done it. If I show you the certificates that I've got and when I do my talks and I tell you how much I spent on postgrad uh, education, mm-hmm. that's when people actually start to set up and pay attention but Mm -hmm. but people only see the the surface right yeah so that's that's one thing that I would say is that this is a long there is a long game and there's a lot of pressure to do things very quickly you know you come out of university you've taken out two teeth but you need to know how to do composite bonding otherwise you're not a dentist yeah so there's a lot of pressure so you know just take it easy and realize that this is um this is a long-term game the second thing is is that balance and environment piece where always make sure that you've got a balance in your personal work life um, and make sure that you're working in the right environment. There was some dentists that were coming up to me and they, they felt trapped and they felt stuck in their associate jobs. And I know that there is this argument for staying in the same job because how do you know how good you are as a dentist if you don't stay and look at your restorations and Mm. your crowns after five years I get that but what comes above that is your mental health Mm. so balance and environment and then the third and the third and final thing is uh, is to to trust you know the the times I trusted my and by the way still to this day you know if I've if I'm recruiting and I'm having interviews with somebody else and they say yeah take this person on for example or they're really good and I've, I've gone against I've gone against it sometimes always trust your gut I think that's yeah. uh, that's that because then that way whether it works out well or it doesn't work out well if it doesn't work out well it would be a learning experience for you I agree with all of those points and I think I need to work on all of them my main thing is having patience and for an impatient perfectionist slash control freak that I am I'm not sure if dentistry is the right profession, but I really have to work on being patient because for me, I want things done yesterday. Like I am so impatient and I, that's something that I really need to work on. And I think trusting your gut, this is again, something I learned. And I think it's something you have to go through in order to understand it and appreciate it fully, because it's something that's not tangible and you can't describe it to other people. For some reason, if something doesn't feel right, 
but there's so many reasons why it should work, then I think unless you have experience of a similar thing in the past and understanding why certain things didn't work or why you had a certain feeling about certain things, then you won't trust your gut because it's not a scientific thing for people who are so into, you know, evidence-based everything. I think for us, it's difficult to justify it. Um, So definitely agree with all of those. And I certainly need to work on all of those, I think. A year ago, self, look at you now and think, would they be proud? Would they think, oh, you smashed it. Look where you are now. So think of yourself now what you're going to tell yourself in five years time you're going to be so proud of yourself because there's only one way that you're going if you put in the if you put in the right work with the good intentions mm-hmm. you know the, the, this, this is not this is not something that might work it will work i mean i'm excited for you you so much for joining me it's been such a wonderful episode and honestly I had no idea about what you'd gone through and you're such a superstar so I'm so happy for everything that's happened for you and I just wish all the good things even more and more success for you in the future thank you so much I'm always here for you and really appreciate you having me on really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things I know I certainly did and as always don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode you can reach out to me on Instagram at Dr Shadi Manicherry I always love hearing your responses and if you have any requests for future podcast episodes please let me know there I do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular as always there will be a new episode every week so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode and I can't wait to speak to you soon.